Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. Today's episode is being uploaded on Thursday afternoon-ish, but I recorded this yesterday before I got any updates on Damar Hamlin. It sounds like he's conscious and doing a lot better, so thank fucking God. I spent about the first 10 minutes of this episode talking about him. If you want to skip through that, feel free to, but again, it was a really serious situation. I had a lot of thoughts about it. Um, I talked relatively what it meant for the league's sake and scheduling and all that, but again, the number one priority here is Damar Hamlin, his health and safety, so I really just focused on that. Other than that, we talked about week 18, previewed some of the more important games in terms of playoff implications, and then I talked about some best bets. So be sure to stay tuned for it all. Uh, If you enjoy this episode, share with your friends and family. Follow my Instagram at Murphy's League, and I appreciate each and every single one of y'all. Peace. So first, like I mentioned, I'm going to be talking about Damar Hamlin because it was one of the most terrifying scenes I've ever seen watching a football game. I've obviously never seen anything like this. The only thing that's remotely comparable to it is Christian Erickson's injury, um, which, again, wasn't really like this either. Uh, If you don't know who Christian Erickson is, Christian Erickson is, excuse me, he's a Danish soccer player that played in the Euro Cup last summer. And he collapsed on the field. He went into cardiac arrest. He ended up being fine, made a complete recovery, and came back to the field, luckily for him. That game actually continued in the moment, which is just extremely bizarre to me. But my point is, I've never seen anything like this on a football field. I think the NFL handled it really, really well. i got to give a ton of credit to them. I think the coaches and the players handled it really well. I mean, you could see there was a time during the game that they said they were going to resume in five minutes and there was a point where Stefan Diggs looked like he was motivating his teammates but realistically it just wasn't going to be that easy getting back on that field just after seeing what they saw I mean it was terrifying like I've never seen players be so openly emotional to something like this and I completely understand why I mean You put in so much work with your brothers. These guys, seriously, like, they are with each other more than they're with their own families at times. And in the case of Dane Jackson, I mean, he had an amazing quote about this. Apparently, him and Damar have known each other since they were kids. And um, he said, he was talking about how he makes prayers because... You never know when you're going to get another moment and when it can be all be taken from you. And that really just hit home. It was a quote before the game. And I can't help, but I mean... That quote made me extremely emotional when I read it. I still get chills thinking about it. It was just, the timing is just so awful. There's no, obviously there's nothing good coming out of the scenario other than there's a, just a huge bond that the NFL seems to be going through right now. All teams are shouting out Damar Hamlin. They're all, you know, posting on Instagram or they're all their social media accounts to keep them in your thoughts and prayers and you absolutely should be doing that. But I mean... The tour drive that he toy drive, excuse me, that he set up, another great example of that. It's just it's so cool to see stuff like that because obviously the situation is absolutely awful. You're only prioritizing his health and the game. It's much bigger than the game, right? Um, that's a lot of pe- reason why people are tearing up Skip Bayless today and yesterday because 
Although he made, I guess, a somewhat valid point as to how this would impact seeding and all that, it really didn't matter and it was very irrelevant in that situation. It just came off as very insensitive and distasteful, in my opinion. Um, and Skip has been doing just idiotic shit like this. Um, I really give a lot of credit to Shannon Sharp for kind of calling him out on that type of shit. They were bickering within the first few minutes of their show after that tweet. And I can't say I blame Skip at all. It just, or not Skip, uh, Shannon. Uh, Skip, I think, just absolute idiot move by him. And Skip is not someone that I, you know, am idolizing or whatever. But obviously, as a sports broadcaster, you know, he's made it to the top level. A lot of people talk about his name in rotation, sometimes not for the, the bright reasons. And of course, we saw that in this scenario. But I mean, as someone who has the much, that much influence and that much power, just lacking the sensitivity on this subject was just awful you hate to see it it's really apparent and it's really insensitive to Damar and his family and his teammates it just really seemed like yes people can talk about these kind of things but you need to be careful how you say your words it really just again it sounded extremely insensitive from Skip Bayless I don't know if he I don't think he meant offense by it but I mean you got to be more careful with what you say and back to the point because I don't want this whole rant to be about Skip Bayless. At the end of the day, this is about Damar Hamlin and his family, his loved ones because it's a scary fucking thing. I mean, I'm sure you guys already know what I'm talking about. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a football fan. I don't have to explain what happened. I'm sure you already know how his heart stopped, how he got the cardiac arrest. So I'm not going to break it down because again, I'm not really a doctor. I don't know the whole logistics about this and again... Ryan, if you're listening to this, no shit, I'm not a doctor. But I mean, I'm, I just need to put that out there. I don't have a medical professional opinion about this. All I know is someone, something called um, commotio. I, I don't remember the technical term, but f basically he got hit by a blunt force in the heart or right above his heart um, within the perfect millisecond of timing to where his heart just completely stopped. And again, just never seen anything like this on a football field. For them to come out and say that he was in CPR for nine minutes, they were defibrillating him on the field. Again, I don't know where there was any world where this game was not gonna be canceled that game. I said it pretty early on, I was watching the game here with Joe and Reese. Um, it was pretty unclear what was going on at first because obviously we've seen really brutal injuries in the sport. It is a very violent sport and players are constantly at risk. But when it comes to a matter of mortality, when it comes to a matter between life and death, this is just a whole new ballpark that the NFL has never been familiar with. Obviously, there's been extreme injuries and even, you know, some cases of, you know, I guess death related to sports, but never on the field, never this close to the players, never, you know, this just raw and seen, I guess is what you could say. It was all shown. It was all seen. Obviously, from a camera crew's point of view, there's a lot of players around the situation, but I mean, fuck, you pretty much have a very solid idea of what's going on, and you gotta give a credit, a lot of credit, excuse me, to Adam Schefter, Lisa Salters, Booger McFarlane, I mean, to be put on the spot like that, and just be have to be so careful with your words, and what you say, I think they did an excellent job, uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, they did their own thing as well, but I mean, a lot of this credit has to be given to them, they were extremely respectful about the situation, um, and again, you just have to keep our thoughts and prayers for Damar Hamlin, it's an absolutely terrifying situation. I don't have any updates to give you right now. If you want updates, go look them up. I don't want to say anything um, because 
Last I saw, he was, um, I believe that, I, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to say any, any updates because, again, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to come off as disrespectful. I don't want to, like, you know, say one thing when I'm not entirely sure if that's a fact because I know what I heard last, but I know stuff changes very quickly in this world. So, again, I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to say anything like I'm not absolutely certain of out of respect for DeMar and his family. And, again, it's not like he's going to listen to this, but, I mean, I'm just trying to keep it, you know, as respectful as I can here um, to all you guys, my viewers. Um, obviously, it's a terrible situation. I guess, you know, you can't really say anything except that. And again, this is much bigger than football right now. So with all that being said, I do want to say there. And again, I mean, this as respectfully, excuse me, I mean this as respectfully as I can. But obviously, this is going to have an impact on the scheduling and the games, and it's going to be very interesting to see what the league does. I'm obviously no insider in the league, so I have no idea what they're going to do um, from here. I have no idea what approach they want to take or anything like that. I'm really just a guy, an outside point of view, just thinking about this. I conversated a little bit with some of my friends about what they could do. Obviously, we were talking in the moment, right when they canceled the game, about what type of repercussions it's going to have because emotionally as a Bills player in particular when your teammate goes down like that regathering yourself and playing another game even if it's a week from that day that's got to be extremely stressful on the brain that's got to take a toll I mean these are players who are conditioned for the most extreme can like you know circumstances but I don't think anything trains you for this uh they're not out here you know risking their lives these aren't policemen, these aren't firefighters, these aren't people in the army, these are football players that by no means are they ready for this. I hope the NFL is doing everything they can for these players, particularly on the Bills, because obviously the Bengals, they saw this, that's horrifying, but that's not their teammate, that's not their literal brother. I mean, I'm hoping the Bills are getting all the resources they need in this scenario, but logistically it does put a hole, I guess, in the NFL's plans and their schedule, how it's going to work out with playoff seeding and all that. But I'm more than hoping that fans across the league will be respectful enough to just let the NFL do whatever it has to do. I have a feeling this is just going to be a scratch of a game. I don't, I've heard people say that they're just going to keep the score as is, maybe. I've heard other people, maybe they'll just declare it a tie. Personally, I don't think they're going to do either of those things. I genuinely think this is just going to be a no contest. It's not going to be a put on their record. And then they're just going to go to win percentages for the one seed. Obviously, that's kind of puts the bills at a disadvantage a little bit so some people have been given that theory an idea some backlash because they're going to be at the number two seed instead of you know being able to beat the Bengals and then move up to the one seed which would have happened if they did end up winning that game um but again i really think that i think that the bills and the players and the every fan base that's being affected by this in the afc i I'm hoping that they're going to be respectful enough to understand the situation. Um, and it just logistically fitting this game somewhere in, you might have to move playoff games back. You might have to not have a buy for, you know, teams that otherwise would have a buy. So it just makes for a really, really messy situation. And again, that's really the least of the NFL's concerns right now, at least in my opinion. Obviously, they want to play each and every single game. Um, but again, it, it really, what's most important right now is Damar Hamlin's health. I cannot emphasize that enough. I'm not saying that, you know, this is screwing over the schedule and how could they do this and all that. That's not what I'm saying at all. Just logistically from a 
outside point of view, this is going to mess with some things in the NFL. So obviously, until I know more, I can't give too much of an opinion on this. But we've never seen anything like this before. It more than likely will affect seeding in the AFC. But again, I'm hoping that teams and players and fans are respectful enough to completely understand the decision because I know I do. Again, it's not my team, so I'm not as emotionally connected, but I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that they will understand the scenario at hand. So I've been talking about this for over 10 minutes now. Um, again, can't emphasize it enough. One of the scariest things I've ever seen on an NFL field. My thoughts and prayers go out to DeMar and his family. Keep him with you guys over the next few weeks. I'll keep you posted if I hear anything else. But again, I'm just saying what I know as of right now. And that's what I know. That's my take. Let me know what you guys think of it. And again, prayers out to DeMar Hamlin and his family. So... Without further ado, let's get into some playoff clinching scenarios. Let's lighten the mood a little bit. Let's uh, let's take a deep breath. Let's let it out. And let's get into it because there's still football to be played, right? We, we've got to, you know, as awful as it is, it's a sport. we got to, you know, a lot of people find joy in this. And hopefully we'll never see anything like this again. And um, it's very devastating what happened. And it almost feels inappropriate to, you know, go from talking about something so dire and literally life or death um, of a young man who was just drafted in the sixth round a year ago um, to talk about football and have games the next week. But um, life must move on. We must, um, you know, I guess just, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to be really choosy with my words because again, I'm not trying to come off as at all disrespectful. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to minimize the situation at all. Um, but, you know, this is what I do. I talk about football. I have a podcast about it. I'm a huge fan. Um, so here I am talking about football. And let's get into the games this week. I guess that's the best way I can segue it. So in the AFC, obviously the um, the one seed, I don't know exactly what's going to happen there. So I'm not going to talk too much about it because um, I really don't know what they're going to do with this game yet. And that is going to have an impact on the number one seed uh, before this game. Uh, the Chiefs would have clinched the number one seed with a win this weekend, or sorry, last weekend, and a Bills loss. Obviously, the Bills haven't officially lost that game, um, so we don't really know what's going to happen there. The Bills could have clinched the number one seed with two wins or a win at the Bengals and then a Cincinnati loss, or excuse me, a Chiefs loss, which obviously didn't end up happening. Um, so, again, it's just... We, we will see. We will see. I, I really don't know what to end up here. So I'm not going to focus too much on this stuff. I'm more going to focus on the NFC side of things. And I'm also going to focus the NFC South title. Totally up for grabs right now. The Jaguars um, playing the Titans at home. Obviously, they played each other a few weeks ago. And the Jaguars absolutely dismantled the Titans. One of the games that really put Trevor Lawrence on the map. He has been playing excellent football for honestly the last month and a half or so maybe even longer than that he's been playing really really well um but the tennessee titans are still alive they have a chance to clinch the playoffs with a win against the titans in this games it sounds like joshua dobbs is going to be playing again he had some moments last game um excuse me that he impressed me a few times i mean obviously he's a backup in this case <laughs> a third string signed off a practice squad that just joined the team but i mean all things considered Considering how little time he had on the team, I was really impressed with him. This game was almost a week ago at this point, so I don't remember too much of the game. But he had a few really good throws. That team overall was just extremely beat up. 
So I'm expecting, you know, with them resting all those guys, they're going to have a lot of guys back in this one. Should be a really interesting game. I love Mike Vrabel as a coach. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are just, you know, catching steam at the right time and they're really moving in the right direction. Would it be surprised if they lost? No, I would not be surprised. I trust Mike Vrabel that much. I like the Tennessee Titans getting a lot of their players back. They know absolutely what's at stake in this one. So going to be a really interesting game there. The line is currently sitting at I should have had this in my notes, but I don't. I didn't write it down because I'm an idiot. Um, the line is current. I believe they're there. By they, I mean the Tennessee Titans. Yes. So the Tennessee Titans are six point overdogs over under of 40 points. If anything, I mean, I, I haven't bought it, so I'm not saying this is my best bet, but of those lines, I definitely look at Tennessee plus six. And again, that really just has to do with Mike Vrabel and him getting a lot of his studs back in this one. I don't, I haven't seen the full injury report in this one. Um, but I mean, judging by how many guys was on it last week, and I know they were in intentionally resting a lot of those guys, including Jeffrey Simmons, De uh, David Long, a lot of other guys, Derrick Henry obviously being one of them. I assume a lot of their studs are going to be back in this one because I don't know what else they would have been resting them for, right? You'd, you'd assume they'd be back. So I would definitely be looking at that Tennessee plus six, but again, it's not like I'd be buying it. So let's move on to the seventh seed in the wild card because obviously the fifth seed pretty much tied up in a bow between the Bengals and the Ravens. And again, there's some logistics there that I'm not exactly sure how it's going to all play out. And again, it has to do with the cancellation of that game. But I'm not going to get into that. It's going to either be the Bengals or the Ravens. That's all you guys need to know. The sixth seed already has been clutched, cl clinched, clutched, clinched by the Los Angeles Chargers. So again, it all comes down to that seventh seed. It is down between the Patriots, Dolphins, Steelers, and Jaguars and there's a lot of things that need to go right for each one of these teams to win it I think the easiest path for any of these teams to really make it right now is um, Well the Jaguars assuming you know they, they lose and then the Dolphins and the Patriots and the Steelers all lose But right now it really feels like the Dolphins have just the clearest and easiest way into this game They really just need a win over the Jets and the Patriots to lose against the Bills which again now that with this DeMar situation, that feels like a game that might be much closer because emotionally, where are those Bills players going to be? Uh, only time will tell. But again, the Dolphins feel like they really have the clearest path in the playoffs. The Patriots need a win at the Bills or a Dolphins loss um, and a Steelers loss and a Jaguars win versus the Titans. So they need a lot more to go right. The Steelers, again, a little easier than the Patriots route. They need a win versus the Browns, a Dolphins loss versus the Jets, and a Patriots loss versus the Bills. So, I mean, if anything, because me personally, I think the Jets are going to beat the Miami Dolphins this week. I bought their money line. Um, I know they're not playing anything, but I just think they're going to have a fun time ruining the Dolphins' season right now. The Dolphins still don't have Tua Tagovailoa in there and Teddy Bridgewater. Well, um, reset himself. It's Teddy Midwater. I just don't think he's very good at all. Um, he's not a viable back. I mean, he's a viable backup, but like he's a mid-tier backup, which is saying something because... You know, it's hard to win with a backup. It's hard to win with a mid-tier backup. So anyways, my point is um, the Steelers really seem like they have a really <laughs> viable um, way of making it in the playoffs, which is just absolutely ridiculous. If you think about where this team has been, J.J. Watt missing a ton of time, uh, rookie quarterback coming in looking really, really shaky, and just showing up in really big moments as we saw last week against the Bengals. Just Kenny Clutch. 
Um, just really, really making clutch plays for them at the end of that game. They're a really boring game, but then all of a sudden you just had to watch. You couldn't, you couldn't stop fucking watching because you know the Steelers might do something here. Sure enough, they did. Najee Harris, Kenny Pickett connecting. Um, off just a really, really good um, off-script play by them. Ended up winning that game. And then the Jaguars, there's still a chance they end up as the seventh seed, but they need to lose to the Titans. And then the Dolphins need to. And then what is what is it? Hold on, let me pull it up. They need to lose to the Titans. That's what it is. And then the Patriots, Dolphins, and Steelers all need to lose. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too confident in that one. I don't think the Jaguars are end up the seven seed. I think if anything, they're just going to end up as the four seed. I think I still think they're going to beat the Titans. I just think it's going to be a closer game. Um, but yeah, remarkably, I really think one of the easiest ways into this playoff is the Steelers. Regardless, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out. I really don't know if you can bet on these odds, but I think as a value standpoint, I'd be taking the Steelers, and I can't fucking believe I'm saying that, but I love their coach, love their defense, and hey, their rookie quarterback has some fucking balls. Got to give him credit for that. He's got some fucking nuts on him. Um, so yeah, really interesting to see what will happen here. Again, it ultimately doesn't really matter whoever ends up being the seventh seed. It's not like I'm expecting them to you know, make a deep Super Bowl run or anything like that, but... I would just be super impressed if the Steelers ended up making the playoffs. I think that's the one I'd want to see the most happen. And then it's just, it's an interesting idea because the Dolphins at the beginning of the year were looking like one of the best teams in football. Uh, Tua has obviously had a lot of concussions and other injuries throughout the year. Um, and they have, you know, greatly suffered because of that. And now they're barely competing for a playoff spot. So a lot of interesting storylines going on there. But let's get to the NFC because, again, this is a lot more straightforward in this one the eagles can clinch a first round by with a win or a tie versus the giants um any of the following scenarios by the way they need a win or a tie automatic first round by or they need a cowboys loss or a tie versus the commanders or 49ers loss and tie versus the cardinals so obviously the easiest way for them to do it is just beating the giants i guess they could tie against the giants but that does come into question now because is Jalen Hurts going to be back in this one? We don't know yet. I haven't heard any updates as of right now. Um, obviously, Wednesday practices were today, so we could probably get a little bit of a better idea. I'm going to look it up right now because um, I might as well. But yeah, he's listed as limited. So again, something to monitor because um, this is a very important game. You know, the Eagles were definitely hoping by this time of the year they could be resting their starters. They'd have the number one seed, you know, wrapped up and tucked away. But going 0-2 in their last two games with Gardner Minshew under center, uh, they need Jalen Hurts back in this one. He's obviously extremely important to this team. And one thing I want to talk about before this team, before I move on, because I think it's a really interesting point. I was kind of thinking it before I was falling asleep last night, is obviously the Eagles need to win badly to clinch the... the um, excuse me, the one seed in the NFC, but they were easily at the one seed before Jalen Hurts went down. Now that he's gone down, they're really fighting for it. Hear me out. Does this actually give him a better argument for the MVP over guys like Mahomes or Burrow, whoever else it might be? Because in my opinion, even though he's missing the games, I think it does. I think this shows his value. The fact that they've dropped two games without him and really, really important games that might end up, you know, being the difference in them getting the one seed or not. I think if he comes back this game and they win, I think you have to give the guy the MVP because 
literally, you would have not have gotten the one seed if it wasn't for him. You would not have gotten the, this first round bye. You have not gotten the home playoff games, all that. And it's a regular season award. And I think, you know, him being out only proved how valuable he was to this team. Let me know if you agree with that take or not. I think it's a pretty good one. I, Because <laughs> I was, I don't know, I really have been thinking about the MVP. And for the for like the first nine or ten weeks, I really thought it was Mahomes. Really thought it was Mahomes. And then Jalen Hurts just kept winning. They only had that one loss. And then he went down. Gardner Minshew lost these two games. And I'm just sitting there like, if Jalen Hurts is in this game, they absolutely win those two games. Not a doubt in my mind. And it's not like Gardner played extremely bad and he didn't like absolutely cost him the game at times. But I mean, there was just a few mistakes and it was just a few mistakes too many. So I guess, yeah, I guess you could say it cost him the games. And I'm willing to bet if Jalen Hurts is playing in those games that they win those games. So again, really don't know um, for sure. You know, it's all hindsight. You really don't know what would have happened if Jalen was in those games. But I, I think it helps his argument tremendously. Up next, the 49ers can clinch the number one seed if they beat the Cardinals and the Eagles lose to the Giants. So again, they're definitely still alive for the number one seed, especially if Jalen Hurts does not play. That's an absolutely huge deal for 49ers faithful and their fan base and their team as a whole. That would make a huge difference. Um, and then the Cowboys can still do it if they beat the Commanders, the Eagles lose, and the 49ers lose or tie. So again, I really don't think there's any chance that the Cowboys end up with it because I don't see a world where the 49ers lose to the Cardinals. I think that I means a 14-point spread right now. Yeah, I don't really see how that happens, but technically, there's a way. And then the NFC East title, again, I still think the Eagles are going to win it because the Eagles need to lose to the Giants, right? They need to lose to the Giants, and then they need the... Um, what am I fucking saying? The Cowboys need the Eagles to lose to the Giants, and then they need to beat, win their game against the Commanders. Actually, fuck, that could, that could like totally happen. The Cowboys could end up as the two seed, and the Eagles could drop all the way down to the fifth seed because Jalen Hurts would be out. And again... Maybe that makes the argument even better. Just saying. <laughs> I don't know. Let me know what you think about that. But that's actually a really crazy concept. The Eagles, they have a really, really good shot of ending up as the fifth seed after starting this year so fucking hot. And, I mean, how crazy would that be? Um, can't say I'd be too surprised if it ended up happening. But, again, if Jalen Hurts is back, you expect him to win that game. Up next, this is the one that really, really pains me because I think the Packers are going to end up sneaking into the playoffs, and I'm really upset about it. I'm upset about two things. One, they flexed the Packers-Lions um, game to Sunday Night Football, which, fucking sorry, but that feels like a whole bunch of bullshit. Because think about it this way. If the Seahawks win against the Rams, right? Or what is it? Hold on, let me, let me pull this up. I'm not... I, I, it's like, it's confusing as fuck to me, but hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, this is what it is. So the Seahawks play at... 425 Eastern, right? 125 our time, right? If the Seahawks win and Green Bay loses, they're in, right? But if the Seahawks lose that game, no matter what, um, wait, what am I trying to say? They're playing the, okay, wait, back, back the fuck up. This is confusing me for no fucking reason. Okay, so the Seahawks are playing the Rams, right? The Los Angeles Rams, um, and it's at home, I think. Yeah, it's fucking at home. So you're, I mean, obviously you never know in the NFL, but you're assuming they're not going to lose that game, right? You're totally assuming they're not going to lose that game. But if they do win that game, 
Then Detroit has absolutely nothing to play for because if Seattle wins, Detroit has no chance of making the playoffs. So that's why I'm so pissed they moved this game because by then, Detroit will already know if they have any chance of making the playoffs. And I'm not just saying they're going to roll over and whatever, just let the Packers beat them. They're going to, but like, motivation is a serious thing in here. If they know they're not playing for anything this year, their season's effectively over and they're going into this game, obviously they want to spoil the, spoil their rival season or whatever. But just from a human standpoint, You'd be making more business decisions. You don't want to get injured when you know your season's already over. You don't want to go into this offseason, you know, dealing with something when you don't have to. It's just, I get it. They're football players. They're competitive. Maybe I'm overthinking this, and I'm just a guy sitting here recording on a mic, so I don't fucking know emotionally what's going through these guys' heads. But originally, these games were at the same fucking time, which would have meant the Lions have no idea. They all For all they know... They would have controlled what they could have controlled, and if they win the game and Seahawks ended up losing, they're in the playoffs. But now, they have to watch the Seahawks probably win their game, and then knowingly go into that game knowing they're playing for nothing. Which means, Green Bay's probably going to win, and then they're going to make the playoffs. So then, it's a double whammy. I'm really annoyed. I wanted the Seahawks or the Lions to make the playoffs over the Packers, because obviously, fuck the Packers. Now it's looking like the Packers are going to walk their way into the playoffs because the NFL changed their schedule. You tell me if I'm just a conspiracy theorist, or you tell me if they're riding Rodgers' dick a little. I don't know, but I'm really fucking annoyed by it. I get why they did it, because, like, you know, the pressure's on Rodgers, and if they win this game, and, you know, it's prime time. America loves fucking Aaron Rodgers, and he's done this a million times. He's super good on prime time. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's going to make it back to the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. But, like, fuck off. Come on, dude. Like, this is so annoying because I'm fully expecting the Packers to make the playoffs now. And I get it. They had to win four in a row that did it. They had to control their own destiny. But it's like, who did they fucking play? Nobody. They played a concussed Tua. They played, they played the Vikings, who, yes, looked really good at the beginning of the year and have had some really good games. But they're, like, the flukiest team in the world, and they're literally the worst number two seed or three seed or whatever the fuck they are I've ever seen. They have a negative point differential and they're 12 and four. How is that possible? And their negative point differential, it's not even like it's like negative one, which by the way would still be stupid if you're that far ahead 500. They're literally like negative 20 something and they're many games over 500. It's just absolutely ridiculous. But Anyways, the point that I'm trying to make here is that the Seahawks and the Lions are getting fucking fleeced and the Packers are going to make the playoffs and I'm really goddamn upset about it. So that's the end of my rant. That's all I have to talk about as far as playoff scenarios and all that type of shit. So let's get into some bets. Let's, let's do it. Let's talk about my best bets and then let's log out. Um, right now, I've got four parlays going. You can ride them with me or not. I really don't care. I'm not going to be offended. So I actually bought Tennessee at plus six and a half. I'm capping. I said I didn't buy it. I did. I almost bought it um, an alternate spread at seven. So obviously it's moved since I bought this. But this was minus 110. Cincinnati six and a half. Paired that with Jets money line. Easy plus, I don't know exactly, but 15 to win 55. You can do the math. It's like plus 200 something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, took Jets money line because I think their defense is just going to swallow Teddy Midwater. Took Tennessee plus six and a half. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm feeling feeling fucking juiced today. I got a lot of caffeine running through my system. So that's why I'm a little more amped up than usual. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but anyways, Tennessee six and a half, New York Jets money line. Put those together, money, um, hopefully. 
I took Texans money line against the Colts because honestly, maybe this is a little bit of bias, but I want the Texans to win that game because I still think there's a world where the Bears can get the number one seed. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's still possible. And I think the Texans need a win. And also, in correlation to that, I think the I think the Colts just want to lose. I don't think they want to play for anything. I think they want better draft capital so they can get a Levis or a Stroud or one of these guys. They've been doing the whole rental veteran quarterback thing for a few years now. It hasn't been working out for them. I think they need to swing big if Jim Ursay wants to save his job. And I think they're going to, you know tank a little bit and try to up their stock. I think Dal or sorry, I think Houston wants to go into the year um, next year, excuse me, with something positive to build off of. This is a rival, they know each other well. And the Texans have had a few games where they've kept it really close with some really competitive teams. The Colts are not a competitive team. I really think the Texans find a way to win this one. Plus money out, plus 125. I made this with my Texas parlay. I paired this with Cowboys money line just for shits, $10 to win 31. Why not? Um, if you want to get spicy with it, take Jets and Houston together because those odds would be way better. I don't really know why I didn't take that. I'm pretty confident the Jets are going to win that game. Honestly, I'm probably going to buy that ticket like right after I start recording that. That's a good idea. Honestly, let me see how much... What's that plus money right now? Let's just, let's just wing this really quick. Hold on. Bear with me, guys. If you take Houston plus 125 and you take Jets minus 120, it's plus 312. Yeah, I'm buying that like right now. 10 bucks on that shit for 41 bucks. Yeah, say less. <gasps> Excuse me. Um, so now I got five parlays. Anyways, up next, we got Los Angeles Chargers versus the Denver Broncos. Uh, this game is in LA. I want to say this game's in LA. I don't actually remember. But I took the over in this game, not taking any one team or another. The Chargers are sound like they're going to play all their starters in you know, hopes of getting that number five seed. I totally agree with the move. Denver Broncos offense has looked a lot better at times. Obviously, Chargers defense as far as pass rush has been playing a lot better, but their secondary still has some question marks. And frankly, Russell Wilson, and at least in past years in his career, is known for getting out of that type of pressure, throwing on the run, manipulated pockets, all that type of jazz. I really think this is a game that's going to go over 40 points because the Broncos, I mean, I used to be the guy that would always take their under every single week because their offense was just anemic, but they really seem to put something together over these last few weeks. I really like what they did against the Chiefs last week. They kept it competitive there. I think they do something similar against the Chargers, and I really like the over of 40 points. And then this is just this one just feels, I don't know, maybe I'm going to be very wrong in this one, but this one feels like a hit. Um, I took the over in the Cardinals Niners game. That's also at 40 points. This is 15 to win $55. Um, and I took that one simply because I think the Niners can do it by themselves. I mean, Arizona's not playing for anything. Um, I They've got a backup quarterback playing. I think the Niners are about to put up a fucking points. I think they're going to make a statement to the rest of the league. I think they're still chasing that one seed. And I seriously think they could put up 40 points by themselves. And I really like the over 40 for those reasons. Up next... This one was kind of stupid. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to say this one. This was fucking dumb. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. That's that's. Let's just leave my best bets at that. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the pod. If you did, be sure to share this with friends or family. Keep Tamar Hamlin in your thoughts and prayers, you guys. Um, and yeah, that's going to be it for me, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow my Instagram at Murphy's League. And peace out, y'all. Bye.